Can we know God's will? Now, that wasn't nearly as strong as, as the amen for the youth. <laughs> can we know God's will? Yes. We can know God's will. Jesus could say these words in John 8, 29. He that sent me is what? With me. The Father hath not left me alone. Can we say that? Thank you. We can say that. He will never leave us or forsake us. But Jesus went on and said these words, For I do always those things that please Him. I can't say that. Can you? But I'm not discouraged by that. Because I am learning and choosing to say yes to God more and more often to do the things that He's asking me to do. We can know the will of our Heavenly Father. I want to share with you three ways that we come to know the will of God. Actually, there are four ways. One is in nature, okay? Christ spent a large amount of time in nature. But I'm going to focus on three, three ways that are accessible to us continually no matter where we find ourselves. And it's taken from the fifth volume of the Testimonies to the Church, page 512. There are three ways in which our Lord reveals His will to us. To guide us and to fit us to guide others. How may we know his voice from that of a stranger. God reveals His will to us in His Word. Okay, number one. God reveals His will to us in His Word, the Holy Scriptures. His voice is also revealed in His providential workings. Okay, so His Word. His voice is also revealed in His providential workings and through the appeals of the Holy Spirit making impressions upon the heart. Three ways. His Word, providential indications, and impressions from the Holy Spirit upon the heart. Now, those providential indications that we look for and those impressions of the Holy Spirit that come to the heart. They must be tested against this. They must be tested here. I had a man sitting in my home. He had asked me to read a manuscript. I read it after I prayerfully consulted the Lord because sometimes I get things from people and and now I've learned that when I receive them, I put a qualification on it. And that is, I'm going to ask the Lord whether He wants me to read this. Is that okay? And most people say, that's fine. I had one person say, no. If you're not going to read it, I'll take it and give it to somebody else. I want to know. <laughs> well, I took this manuscript and I shared that with this gentleman. And I began to, 
to read it. And as I was reading it, in each section of this manuscript, I found a thread of error that went through the entire manuscript. And when he came to my home to talk to me about my thoughts on his manuscript, we talked for a while, and then I shared with him that I had a concern that there was a thread of error that went through his entire manuscript. And this was his reaction. <gasps> Just like that. He was shocked. And I said, I would like to take the word of God and talk about the thread of error through the manuscript. His response to me was, you don't need to do that. It won't make any difference. I have a higher connection directly with God. And I know what God has revealed to me. We don't need to take the Bible. And I gave that man a warning that day. It may have been the strongest warning he has ever received in his life. At least it was one of the strongest warnings I've ever given a human being. I said, if we cannot open the Word of God to test your manuscript, if you have higher knowledge than the Word of God, then you are headed down a path that will mean the destruction of your soul if you do not turn. Thank you. We should be saying amen, brothers and sisters, at least in our hearts, because if we ever get to the point where we think we can know the will of God and not take out the word of God, we are on dangerous ground. We will not be safe to say that we know the will of God because we now have a higher direct connection with God that bypasses His word. I won't tell you Today, where that man is. The last thing I heard about that man was heartbreaking. Never be afraid to test your impressions against a thus saith the Lord. You see, the real difficulty for most of us is not can I know the will of God, but am I willing to know the will of God? And if I am willing to know the will of God, am I willing to do the will of God? And if I am willing to do the will of God, am I willing to do the will of God in the power of God? How many of us have tried to do the will of God in the power of man? And it won't work, will it? It never will work. And thank God that He will not let it work. <laughs> He loves us enough to allow us to fall flat on our faces. You know, sometimes, I'll be very honest with you, there have been times in my life, and some of them not so distant in the past. You know, sometimes it's just nice to say, well, you know, that happened back 15 years ago, and use the illustrations back there, but sometimes I find myself not wanting to know the will of God in a certain area because I already think I know what it will cost me. That's the fear of most of us to give a full surrender. 
And there have been many times that I have gone to my closet. I'm thankful I have a real closet to go to. I haven't always had one of those. Real closet to go to. To go to my closet, and one thing that I have learned in coming to know the will of God is that if I am not willing, I know enough about God now, I have experienced enough, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in Him. I've tasted enough of God and His love for me that now I can go to my closet and say, very honestly, Lord, I don't feel like knowing Your will. But I'm willing to be made willing. That is not a play on words, friends. To be willing to be made willing is sometimes the position we find ourselves in when we are unwilling. Have you ever done that? And you know, God has never failed me one time to make me willing when I'm really willing. I call it neutralizing the will. When I'm willing to go on my knees before God and say, Lord, I don't like the way this looks. I don't like the way it's headed. I don't like the way it feels. But I'm willing to do your will. I want my will to be neutralized. Thy will be done. God will do that. He has done it over and over and over in my life. And he will do it for you if you're willing. And then we need to begin to search the word of God. What did David say in Psalm 119.105? Thy word is what? A lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Do you believe it? I remember the day that, and I know I've shared this with some of you, I remember the day when God took some more of the blinders off my eyes and I realized why I was stumbling in my present life. The Lord helped me to see that I was so focused on end time events, studying God's word, okay, for end time events. I was just absorbed in it. And I was so zealous about end time events. But you know what was happening? I was stumbling in my home, stumbling in my marriage, stumbling with my children. And one day the Lord showed me that this lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path was all shining out in the future on the path, way out in the future, the end times. And I was in total darkness. Well, not total darkness, but it appeared to be total darkness right at my feet, right at the path that was closest to me about my own marriage and my own children I was out there with lots of light shining on the path. And I've met many men like this. I've met many men that aren't aren't walking in any light, okay? Or they're not seeking the light. They're not seeking the lamp and the light. But I've met many men that are out there in prophecy. They're out there in the end time events. They're out there in all kinds of things. And they're stumbling. They don't know how to talk to their wife. They don't take time to communicate with their wife. They don't have time for their children. They don't know... They don't know where they are in their present life. And the Lord showed me that you are stumbling in the darkness of the present because you have light shining too far in the future that's not doing you any good in the present. 
And that is not happening in my life now. And I praise God for that. We can be transformed by grace. It takes the grace of God to want to go to His Word. It takes the grace of God to be willing to hear His Word. It takes the grace of God to be willing to walk in His Word. It takes the grace of God for every step of the Christian life. Search the Word of God. And I pray that you'll begin searching the Word of God for where it meets the need today. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Psalm 32.8. I'm going to share with you two verses that have become very powerful, very encouraging, and very practical in my life and my family over the years. Psalm 32.8 says, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will what? Guide thee with mine eye. Brothers and sisters, that is the Word of God. That is for us today. One of the greatest difficulties that we have in this modern society we live in is believing that God's Word is for us today, this moment. That's an Old Testament verse, isn't it? But it is a new experience every day if we believe it. And if we walk in it, He will be, He will guide us. He will instruct us. He will teach us. Won't He? And then Isaiah 42, 16. Two verses here that Psalm 32, 8 and Isaiah 42, 16. Two verses that have become very precious in our experience. I will bring the blind by a way they knew not. Is God good at doing that? Oh, yes. I often think how many times, Lord, you have had to rewrite my roadmap. Can you picture it in your own life? There is, a, there is a way that seemeth right unto a man. How many times we take the other way? How many times we take detours? He says, I will bring the blind by a way they knew not. I will lead them in paths they have not known. I will make the darkness light before them and the crooked things straight. These things, what? Will I do unto them and not forsake them? Is that a promise? When God was calling to my heart to move my family from the suburbs of Chicago to the mountains of Montana, these two texts became the foundation of my faith as a man to lead my family into an unknown country. While people around me were, some thought I was crazy, some could not understand while people misunderstood, you're going to hide your talents. You're going to go up there. And while these kind of things were there, all I could do was call out to the Lord because I knew what He was calling me to do. And He promised that He would instruct me and teach me in the way that I should go. He promised that He would lead me by a way I knew not. That He would make the crooked things straight. That He would make the darkness light. 
I believe these things. Our family, my wife and I primarily, the children were very young then, but we believed that God would do this for us. Not just the Old Testament prophets. Not just God's people in the old days. Brothers and sisters, young people, we need to be searching the Word of God. It is the light of God to our lives. Are we doing it? Are we doing it? (laughs) Good. Does the devil want us to do it? No. He doesn't want us to do it. You know that there's a lot more of that story that I'd love to be able to share about how God's Word guided us and how we saw providence opened and how we listened to the impressions of the Holy Spirit. If we hadn't, I don't know where we'd be today. But if you want to hear the whole story, it's in A Fresh Look at Country Living. It has the whole story. It has the story of how God led our family from the suburbs of Chicago to the mountains of Montana. It has Paul and Carolyn's story, but can't get into all that today. But it was because we were driven to the Word of God. We couldn't depend on anything else. The people around us were saying, you're foolish to, to take a three-month-old baby. Josiah was three months old when we moved. No insurance. Is that foolish? <laughs> That's a hard question, isn't it? Do you think we ever floundered with that question? No health care. No insurance. Seems foolish. But we have to know. That's why I say men especially. We have to know. We have to go to the Word of God to know the way. Because there is a way that seems right to so many people, even fellow church members at times, that seems right. But the end of that way, as one man said to me, sitting on my porch, ten years later, he said, God was calling me when God was calling you. And you made the right decision. And I stayed there. I made the wrong. And that's not to say, and I thank you, Lord, for bringing this thought to my mind in an instant. That's not to say that you have to move somewhere into the country in order to have your children saved. Okay? It doesn't matter where you are. You can still claim these verses. It may be ten times harder for you where you are, but you can still claim these promises. And God will work if we will work with God. So then, after we go to God's Word to know His will, then we begin to look to God for His providential indications. You know, I I love to tell people, one of the reasons why we need to study specifically, one of the reasons we need to pray specifically, is because when God reveals His providence, we can see them specifically. We don't miss them. But if we're not praying specifically, if we're not studying specifically, we aren't going to see them specifically. We might miss them as they go by. Ask God to open our eyes to His providential indications. You know, it's interesting, that simple verse in Matthew 7, 7, and you all probably know it, it says, Ask 
Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. You know, I remember one day, I was perplexed over a, a, a situation that was weighing on me, and the Lord just flashed this little verse into my mind. Why don't you just ask? Ask. Why don't you just seek? Why don't you knock? It will be opened. Is that simple? We miss some of the simplest things, brothers and sisters. We miss them. We're like the disciples. You know, those disciples on that sea that night in the boat were well-seasoned fishermen that had handled many a storm. And they battled with everything in them to save their lives and keep that boat going. And when they were exhausted and fearing for their lives and they had no other hope, the lightning flashed. And who did they see? Laying asleep in the boat. Oh, what a contrast to the storm. And they cried out. And I just read this recently. That cry will never go unanswered. In other words, what that says to me is, yes, we can go to the end of our rope. We can try it all our way. We can do everything in our strength and we can exhaust ourselves and feel like we're at the end. And all we have left is say, Lord, save me. I perish. And that cry will never go unanswered. That's the God we serve, brothers and sisters. Young people, Young people, I want to encourage you today. I want to challenge you today. Don't wait for your parents' Christianity. Go to God directly. Get His Word out for yourself and go to Him and ask Him to answer. Yes, you need to go to your parents and talk to your parents and get guidance from your parents, but if your parents aren't giving it to you or if your parents aren't walking in the walk, you can walk the walk and you can lead the way, young people. I've seen young people lead the way to the cross for their parents. Don't be drawn down if your parents don't understand it. Don't be dragged down if your parents are weak and floundering with habits that have been long established. Show them the way of Jesus Christ and go to God for yourself. You can know His will personally. You know, I like to look at that verse. You take that verse, ask, and it shall be given you. It's the Holy Spirit. I'm going to talk about these three things in terms of this verse. Ask. It's the Holy Spirit that is bringing it to our minds, what we need. It was the Holy Spirit that illuminated the disciples' minds that night in the boat, and their last resort was Jesus. Ask. It's the Holy Spirit calling us to call out to Christ. Seek is going to God's Word. Seeking the answers in His Word and knock is looking for the providences of God to open before us. You know, I'm so thankful that, that Elijah didn't stop praying out there on Mount Carmel when his servant, he sent his servant out and he came back and there was nothing. Hadn't been anything for three and a half years. Not a cloud in the sky. And he prayed again. And he prayed again. And he prayed again. Aren't you thankful he didn't stop at number five? Have you ever stopped at number five? I've stopped at number two. You understand what I'm saying? 
He persevered before God. He didn't stop. And when he prayed seven times, he not only had his faith completely established, he got a complete answer from God. Don't give up. And then begin listening for the impressions of the Holy Spirit upon the heart. You know, it's really not safe to be shortcutting this process. There's a reason they're in that order, okay? We need to go to God's Word. And we need to go on our knees before God. And then we need to look for those providences and those impressions in that order. We don't want to get a shortcut kind of religion that because we live in a busy lifestyle, we say, well, I don't really have time to go to God's Word. Don't really have time for prayer. All I have time for is to get an impression. Dependence upon impressions is one of the last day delusions. Okay? Don't get it out of order, brothers and sisters. If all you're having time for is getting impressions, and I'm not saying God won't use that, because if that is all we have in a crisis, God will instruct us and teach us in the way we should go. But if that is our habit, to, to be too busy for God, too busy for His Word, too busy for prayer, and all we do is ask for impressions, for quick answers. God is not a convenience. And the devil will come in and he will give us the voice of a stranger. You know, it says in John 10, 27, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. You know, John 10 also talks about the voice of a stranger. How do we know the difference between the voice of God and the voice of a stranger? How do we know? Right here is how we know. Okay? Because God's voice, through His impression, sounds like God's pen. Okay? And His voice comes through a variety of penmen, authors, comes through the Gospels in several different personalities. You can hear the voice of the Apostle Paul, can't you? I could open the, the Word of God and, and, and open any of the books that Paul has written and I could begin to read and within a few words you would say, that's the Apostle Paul. Does he have a voice? His pen has a voice. God has a voice through his penmen. And if we're in the Word of God, we will recognize the voice of our shepherd. Because our shepherd was the Word made flesh and dwelt among us. He was the embodiment of this Word. He lived out this Word. And when we hear Him call to us as our shepherd, we will hear His Word come through to us. We went to the ASI convention. Our ministry went this year for the first time to the ASI convention. And we were preparing for that for quite a while and praying for that ahead of time. And I can remember the morning that it began, we were praying especially that God would guide us to the right people, the ones that we could minister to, the ones that could minister to us, that we would be able to fulfill the words in our own lives of Isaiah 58.11, that it would be our experience 
The Lord shall guide thee how much? Continually. Do you believe God wants to guide us continually? He does. And he will if we're willing. Sometimes even when we're not willing. Right? He'll guide us. And we were praying specifically that morning. And it was interesting. When the taxi driver came to pick us up to take us to the convention center, within a few minutes of driving down the road, the Lord, who we were praying to, who we were asking to guide us, started calling to my heart. And I found out he was calling to Paul's heart. He was calling to Elaine's heart. He was calling to Emily's heart. We were all on our way. But the Lord called to my heart, and I'm going to be, I like to be just very candid about this and, and be honest. We had a short ride, 20-minute ride, to the convention center. And the Lord called to my heart to reach out to the taxi driver. And here was my initial response in my heart. I wasn't sure I wanted to get, try to get into anything. I mean, but you know what I was reminded of? You know what the impression that came after that little impression on my heart? What I prayed for that morning, what we had prayed for. I wanted God to have access to me just at the convention center. I wanted Him to have me continually. And so, I quietly surrendered to that thought. And I began to express interest to the taxi driver. And you know, it's an amazing thing. When you reach out to somebody when God asks you to, okay? This is different than just handing books out to everybody. Now, please don't misunderstand me, okay? It's good to hand out books, but it's good to hand out our experience in Christ. And sometimes it makes the book go deeper in the heart of the person that reads it rather than just randomly hitting every person that you can get one in their hands. There's a place for that. But you know, this man, when he saw that I was genuinely interested, and the only reason I got genuinely interested is because I genuinely surrendered completely. See, nobody in the vehicle would have known, and I certainly wouldn't have told anybody, my first thought, that self-thought. Okay? But I genuinely, wholeheartedly surrendered myself, and therefore... Out of me came the love, a little piece of, a little taste of the love that I was willing for God to put in me when I surrendered. And that taxi driver picked it up immediately. And he began to open up. And he began to share. And in a few minutes, he was telling us his story. His son in prison. How he had worked with his son. How he had pleaded with his son how he had indulged his son. And what God was, ended up sharing with us, that God was putting it in his heart that he needed to draw the line on his son for his sake. As painful as it was. He just opened his heart up. And as we were talking, as he recognized that we cared for him, he started saying, you know, I know what God is, is calling me to do. He said, these cigarettes here. God has been telling me I needed to put away these cigarettes. Pray for me. I know God wants my heart and I want, I want God to have me. Oh, I tell you, that short ride to the airport was 
totally different than what it would have been. But you know, God is giving us opportunities to be continually guided. We had gone to His Word that morning. We had gotten on our knees and prayed. We had asked Him to show us. And He did. But we all, I almost missed it. How many times, friends, are we either not going to God's Word, we're not taking time to pray, we're not looking for the providences to open, we're not listening to the impressions of the Holy Spirit. And what are we missing? I'll tell you what we're missing. We're missing Christianity. Entirely. We're just going through the motions. If we're missing the Word of God, if we're missing the time in communion with God, if we're missing the providences of God day by day, you know, the more I give myself to God, the more I see His providences opening more and more in every part of the day. The more I give myself to God, the more I get in the Word of God, the more sensitive I become to my wife during the day. He calls to my heart. Go up and give your wife a hug. Is that an easy thing to do? Not. You mean it's hard to give my wife a hug? Well, not when I feel like it, but it's hard to give my wife a hug when I'm sitting down at my desk and she's sitting up at her desk and I've got dozens of other things that seem more important than giving my wife a hug. But you know, God has never failed. When He calls me to do something like that, and I listen, and I go, and I give my wife a hug, that's Christianity. Because you know what she says to me? Oh, honey, you don't know how I needed that right now. Did God know? Did He? He sure did. How many times are we missing that in real life, friends? Right in our own homes. Because we're just pushed. And we let ourselves just go with the push. He who does not give himself wholly to God. He who does not give himself wholly to God is under the control of another power. You know, when I, when I felt God was asking me to put these words on the paper, these are not my words, okay? These are not my words, but they are words that I needed to hear and you need to hear today. I didn't really like what went... Well, I didn't like the feeling that saying this to you might not be very nice. You know why? Because I, I have found that most of us, by default, think there's something between either being God's or being the devil's. And I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but for a long time, I didn't sit there and think, okay, what is that difference... I just, if I wasn't completely surrendered to God, I thought I was somewhere out here in limbo land. Right? You have thought that too. You just didn't know it, maybe, or didn't articulate it like I am now. It says, He who does not give himself wholly to God is under the control of another power, listening to another voice whose suggestions are of an entirely different character. It's powerful, isn't it? That's Testimonies to the Church, Volume 7, 
page 205. So, God wants us wholly consecrated to Him. Why are we holding out, friends? Have we not tasted enough that God's way is better than my way? Haven't we? So why do we decide not to give ourselves wholly to God and go back to the other power listening to the other suggestions? Is that a fair question? Jesus said, Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. John 18.37 People say to me, I don't hear him speaking to me. I said, yes, you do. Yes, you do. There is not a person here who does not have the impressions of God speaking to the heart. Through the conscience. You just may be missing them. may not be understanding them. It's the Holy Spirit speaking to us when we're in a conversation with our spouse, okay? My wife, your, your husband, whatever. We're in a conversation and that conversation starts to go wrong or there's a misunderstanding. It is the Holy Spirit of God speaking to our conscience that says, don't say that. Don't say that. And you know what I mean when you hear those words. And you know what it's like to say, I'm going to say that. I want to say that. She needs to hear that. Right now. And it never feels good after it happens, does it? Did God know? Is that why he called to us? That's, that's the Spirit of God speaking to the conscience, that still, small voice. I was in Europe this spring, and I tell you that their, their morality is not very good. Okay? On their newspaper stands, their gas stations. And I walked into this gas station. I, ours aren't good either, but, but they just have it blatantly. Okay? And I walked in this gas station. The door went open, and as I walked in, the Holy Spirit called to my heart and said, don't look. Did I understand what the Holy Spirit was saying? There was a whole magazine rack along the side that I caught in my peripheral vision. It was almost the full length of the gas station. The Spirit said, don't look. You know what I did? I looked to the right, the opposite way. Because I didn't want to see it in my peripheral vision. Because I knew what God was saying to me. That's, that's how the Holy Spirit speaks to our heart. It's not complicated, brothers and sisters. And He does it for all of us. When you flip on that television, if you have a television, and if you do have a television, do what God asks you to do. When, when you see something come onto that television, the Spirit speaks to you. When you see the Weather Channel, it might be different than when you flip through the channel and you come to something. That's the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart. It's not complicated. And nobody in this room who is old enough to understand the power of choice can tell me that they do not understand what I'm talking about right now. That's how God speaks to us. That's the voice of God. 
Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice, Jesus said. You know, I often have people come to me in, in this question of God's Word. How do I know His will? Providence. You know, people say, I'm looking for open doors. I'm looking for open doors. I said, that's, that's good to look for open doors, but make sure you know who's opening the door. Because the devil opens doors too. Oh. And the devil opens some fantastic appearing doors when you're in the deepest valley of decision if you're not really tuning into God. I remember one person came to me and they, they, were, they were convicted that God was calling them out of the city. They were so convicted. They came to me and they said, Wow, God just opened an incredible door. And they told me the door that was open. They had an opportunity to buy a condominium in the city. The price was incredible. The way it happened was incredible. I said, that wasn't God opening that door. It was God that's been calling you out of the city. It's the devil who wants to open a door that is enticing enough to keep you from where God is trying to take you. Don't just let an open door be your answer. You pray that God's providences will always line up with the direction of His will through His Word. And it will. I have seen over and over again the signature of God upon providence when I seek Him. The signature of God upon the impressions when I look for them. You know, if you find yourself in a position as I have, and many of you may have found yourself here. You can't find it. You can't find it in the Word of God. It doesn't say whether you should buy that house on 3rd Street. Okay? And it doesn't seem quite like it's, you know, a right or a wrong issue. And you find yourself wanting to see His providence. But, you know, one of the things that I have found very useful... If I come to a, a perplexity, the first thing I check is, am I really wholly consecrated to God? That's the first thing I check. If I'm getting confusing signals and I can't quite get to the finish line on knowing God's will, first thing I check, am I wholly consecrated to God? If I am, it's best I know how to be. If my will is neutralized, the best I know how. If I have that peace... Then I start saying, Lord, still not clear to me. And I start asking God to build a burden in my soul. Okay? Lord, if this is you, you start building a burden in me that directs me, that draws me, that drives me in this direction. You start showing me the indications of your providence in this direction. Let me recognize them. If this is not your will, Lord, you start raising the red flags. You start putting the brakes on in my heart. You start making me feel uncomfortable. Take my peace away. Start showing me the indications that I'm moving in the wrong direction. You know God will do that. God will do anything for us that is within His character. God will do anything for us that will be within His will for us. And if we are honestly seeking Him, He will make known His will to His people. Do you believe that? 
Are we willing to know and to do? Are we willing to take time to search His Word? Are we willing to pray for eyes that see His providence as indicated to us? And are we willing to be still and hear His still, small voice? This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's Word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.